Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn and shake hands with a few folks and you may be seated. Great to have you here tonight. Praise the Lord. Want to acknowledge any first-time guests that, uh, that we may have tonight. Um, if you are here for the very first time, if you'd kindly just raise your hand right now, that would be awesome. And we'd like to welcome you this evening. Anybody here for the first time? All family tonight? Okay, praise God. Let's pray and we'll get right into the word. We're going to go ahead and dismiss children's ministry at this time. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the spirit of the living God who dwells on the inside of us. We declare tonight that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we thank you that Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, lives on the inside of us. And so we stir ourselves up tonight. I put the people in remembrance to things perhaps that they've heard before. But Lord, I know that faith doesn't come by having heard, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the living God. And so I pray for clarity and accuracy as I deliver your word tonight, sir. And I thank you for ministering to each heart that has come, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let me just quote a couple of scriptures for you tonight. First of all, in, in Romans 1.17 says that the just shall live by faith. Paul, addressing the church at Corinth, said this. He said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. He furthermore said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Amen. So the releasing of what you believe is extremely important if you want to get anywhere in the things of God. There is creative power in the word of God in your heart released out of your mouth. Amen. And so we need to make sure then that we keep our speaker hooked up with our believer. Amen. The scripture says that the communication of your faith might become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You see, confessing the word of God is acknowledging the word. It's owning up to it. It is saying the same thing about yourself that God said about you. For example, he calls us his masterpiece. He says that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. He calls us his heirs. He calls us his joint heirs. And so what he has called us, we need to call ourselves the same thing. Amen. So lift up your voice with me tonight. Lift up your hands and say, thank God. I am God's masterpiece. I am an heir of God. And I am a joint heir. With Jesus Christ, I have been created in the image and likeness of God, and I am a speaking spirit. Therefore, I speak the word, which is spirit and life. I declare what the word says about me, and I have what I say. Every stinking mountain, get out of the way. Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. I am a whosoever. And I have whatsoever that I say. Therefore I say, mountains be removed. Sickness be removed. Demonic oppression be removed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Amen. We've been given the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And so if something is standing in your way to God's best for your life, know this, that it could be a demonic force arrayed against you. But you can take the name of Jesus and you can put the devil on the run every time. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, what they do is they run into it and they are safe. Mm -mm -mm. And so we're talking about the faith of Abraham. We know that Abraham walked in faith. We know that he is the father of faith. In Romans chapter 4, and let's look at uh, verse 1 if you would. Romans the 4th chapter. And uh, just look at verse 1 and then we'll drop down to verse 12. Romans 4, verse 1 says, What shall we then say that Abraham, our father, is pertaining to the flesh, hath found? And it goes on to give a lot of different things about what Abraham did. And in verse 12 it says, And the father of circumcision, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. And so we see that Abraham walked in obedience he walked in what god had spoke to him and you and i we discovered last week we're cut out of the same rock we come from the same vein that abraham came from let's refresh ourselves with that i think it's isaiah 51 if i'm not mistaken and if i am we'll just make that adjustment real quick isaiah the uh 51st chapter and the uh, first and second verse Isaiah 51, verse 1 and 2. Let's go ahead and read together. Hearken to me, you that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. That's us, right? We're seeking the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a seeker church and a sneaker sensitive church. But we're not seeking, trying to be just right for everybody. No, we're seeking the Lord and we're seeking his presence. Amen. His way of being and doing right. Look unto the rock. Whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit, whence you are digged. These are mining terms. Now notice the next verse. It says this, Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and I increased him. That hole, that vein that we're dug from, is the same hole, the same vein that Abraham came from. And if you be Christ, my brothers and sisters, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. Woo! Glory to God. If God blessed Abraham, he blesses us. If God increases Abraham, he increases us. Amen. You're a chip off the old block. You're cut out of the same cloth. Mm -mm -mm. Now look at Genesis chapter 12, if you would. So God is saying, don't magnify and don't look to your circumstances, but rather look to Abraham and Sarah. Look how they did it. Though they started with nothing, God blessed them and made them many. And so this expectation from our good, good father is that you and I have the same results that Abraham did. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, um, we'll 
refresh ourselves with this. In uh, verse 1 it says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. Now notice, unto what? Unto a land that I will show you. You know it takes some faith. It takes some faith to step out before that you actually know what you're stepping into. You got to step out before you step into. Now, now just keep your finger there and look quickly over to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we see here in the hall of faith, if you will, something that uh, the word of God says about Abraham. In uh, verse 8 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, by faith, everyone say by faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Amen. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out to call to go unto a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing whether he went. Anybody ever had a faith adventure like that before? You know, maybe not the same as Abraham. But, you know, God instructed you to do something and you just weren't exactly sure what this step that you were going to step out in and what you were going to step into at a later time. Just mark this down. When you walk by faith and not by sight and you obey the Lord, there's a blessing for you. There is a blessing for the people of God. And so back to Genesis 12. And he said, I will I will make of thee a great nation. You know, we serve a great God. And he does great things. Amen? He's doing great things in this church. He's doing great things in your life. We're going to have the greatest year we've ever had. We're going to see the greatest miracles we've ever seen. We're going to have the greatest presence we've ever had. Why? Because we believe it. We say it. We're contending for it. We're pressing for it. And we shall have it. Amen? We serve a great God. Might just well be a great year. Might might just well have great presence, great healings, great salvations, great income. Hey, glory. I felt something up in here. I'm going to make of thee a great nation. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Thou shalt be a blessing. Amen. And so we see here that faith always starts by God saying something to us. God spoke something to Abraham. He would not have known to go out unless God told him to go out. So faith for our lives then comes by hearing from God. Whether it be in the word of God or whether it come from the spirit of God, that would be your sure, solid foundation that you can step out on is when thus saith the Lord has happened in your life. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't try to step out on, you know, reasoning or step out on what you think. Yeah. You know, step out on your sure foundation of the word of God. Amen? Yeah. Now, we said last week that Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman said this. She said, God delights in his kids. Stepping out over the aching void with nothing under their feet but the word of God. So we see then that our father had a plan for him, but he had to get him out of that environment so that he could show him something new. 
And so God asks us many times to leave the familiar, to leave the comfort zone or the environment that we are currently in so that we can learn to trust him. So you will see that in this series that each step that Abraham took, it required faith. Amen. So we're going to look at some more of these qualities tonight. Say it with me. When I walk in the same faith that Abraham walked in, I will walk in the same blessing. So, notice with me, in uh, verse uh, 5 of the uh, 13th chapter, I believe it is. Well, let's look at verse 1. And Abraham went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and notice this with me, lot with him. Lot with him. In other words, we could say it this way, Lot was along for the ride, if you will. Lot got in on the blessing, didn't he? And uh, notice with me in verse 2, And Abram was very rich in what? He was very rich in cattle. He was very rich in silver. And he was also very rich in what else? He was very rich in gold as well. And so this is the first time in the word of God that we see this word wealth. We see this word wealth for the first time in Genesis chapter 13. Now their possessions were extremely great. And there was a big difference between the riches of Abraham and the riches of Lot. Now, they both had wealth, but Lot's wealth possessed him. They both had possessions, but Abraham's blessings did not possess him. And that makes a huge difference. That makes a big difference in our lives. And notice with me in verse 3. And he went out on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai. Under the place of the altar, which he made there at the first, and there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Now, here's something we want to talk about just for a moment. You will see throughout the word of God that when Abraham heard from God, he valued what he heard. And the way that he uh, showed his value and what he heard is he would build an altar before the Lord. It was to honor what he heard. You know, when God speaks to us, it's really a big deal. We should not take what the Spirit of the Lord speaks to us or the things that he's directing us lightly. And I've discovered this. Unless we write them down many times, we'll let those things slip. And so get yourself a journal. Get yourself some paper by your bed. Do what you've got to do to capture and to keep what the word of God is saying to you. It's good to honor him and it's good to remember what he says to us. Amen. Now notice with me in verse five and lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents and the land was not able to bear them. 
that they might dwell together, for their substance was what? Their substance was so great that they could not dwell together. My, my, my. Now notice with me, and verse 7, And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle and the Canaanite and the Perizzite that dwelt in the land. And so we see here that strife was trying to enter into Abraham's life. Strife was trying to enter into stop the blessing from flowing in him and through him. You know, God just blessed them so much. Didn't God know that they had too much? That's because we serve a too much God. In verse 8, And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife. Everyone say no strife. Let there be no strife, I pray, between me and you, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. You know, Abraham didn't have Galatians 5, 6 to look at. He didn't have the revelation that faith will not work in a strife-filled heart. He didn't know that faith would not work in an unforgiving heart. Abraham didn't have James 3 to look at to understand that where strife is, there is every bit of confusion and evil in the midst of them. Abram didn't know that Galatians 5 would say at a later date that your faith works by love. Strife is designed by the enemy to stop what God has started in your life. Strife and unforgiveness and bitterness are killers. And those things are not a part of your spiritual DNA. Amen? The moment you sense strife coming around the corner, you just nail that turkey right in the head. The moment bitterness tries to rise up on the inside of you, and you want to say something out of your mind or say something out of your flesh, curtail it, stop it, in the name of Jesus. So he's, he's getting this revelation. And he's getting it that strife is a stopper. No matter what you do in your life, you need to make sure that you're walking in the Spirit, that you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, that you're walking in the love of God to keep the blessing flowing and operating in your life. Amen? Amen. Now, notice with me in verse 9. It says here, well, let's look at verse 8 again. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray, between me and you, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Verse 9, Is not the whole land before us? Separate thyself, I pray, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Now listen to this statement. Abram didn't yield to Lot out of weakness, but he yielded out of love and he yielded out of trust. It was a step of faith working by love. One commentator said this. He said, a few acres of grazing land didn't seem worth fighting for a man with an eternal perspective. 
Glory to God. You know, when you live your life from an eternal perspective, a lot of things that are going on down here and around you and trying to get in your living room, they just don't matter. Sometimes you just need to look at the Father and say, Father, are you concerned about that? No, son. Well, don't you be concerned about it either. Amen. Amen? Does that upset you, Lord? Doesn't upset me at all. Why should we be upset? Amen. Let's just live in the love of God. Now, here's, what, what, here's where Lot missed it. Lot looked at this as a golden opportunity. Just like millions of people tonight. A golden opportunity. <laughs> I pray that that billion gets into the right hands. Get into the right hands. Not get in the hands of a fool. Because a fool loses it just like that. Or make a person a fool. So Lot, he, he saw this as just a, a tremendous opportunity. And what Lot did is it really dishonored Abraham. As a matter of fact, it was the biggest mistake of Lot's life. Everything that Lot had came from his relationship with Uncle Abraham. Abram took him under his wing. And Abram set an example for you and I to walk in. If we're going to walk in faith, we're going to walk in love. Let there be no strife. Let there be no bad feelings between us. Just let it drop and let it go and let's get on with the plan of God. So many people are having difficulty moving forward with God because of the past. The holding on to past hurts and things that happened to them, not last year, but I'm talking about yesterday, decades ago. Things that folks hold on to. Listen, friend, I believe that we can let those things go and put them where they belong. You see, what Lot didn't recognize is Lot didn't recognize how blessed he was. Lot didn't recognize how protected he was just by virtue of the fact that he was around Abram. He was around the blessing. Lot became deceived into thinking that he was equal with Abram. Now God loved Lot equally as much as he loved Abram, but Abram was the man with the call and the man with the covenant and the man of God's choosing. Understand that? Yeah. Yeah. And so Lot just looked at it as, oh, whoo, glory to God. Here's, here's an opportunity. He didn't realize that he had been in the blessing because of the anointing on Abram. What kind of faith does Abraham, what kind of an example of faith does Abram give? I tell you, faith gives. Say it with me. Faith gives. Faith gives. 
Abram didn't need to do that. But he relinquished his right to take it all. And he said, look, you want the right? I'll take the left. You want the left? I'll take the right. Whatever. Say it with me. The God kind of faith. Real faith. Gives. And it takes a step of faith to do that. Now notice in verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, verse 11, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. It's a sad thing that when God puts a team together, that there's separation that takes place. You'll find in your life, through the course of your life, that God sets and establishes divine connections for you. Amen. And the enemy will do everything he can to split up faith buddies. I've seen it happen over the most ridiculous stuff in the body of Christ. Over some little thing has broken up supernatural divine connections that God ordained from before the foundation of the world. It's crazy. And so it's important that we become spiritually minded and we recognize what those connections are. Has God brought a supernatural godly friend into your life? But maybe you kind of had a little disagreement perhaps. And instead of being close friends now, you don't even talk to one another anymore. Understand this, that we are not going to agree on everything. But just because we don't agree doesn't mean we need to get ugly. Amen. You may not agree with the coat I'm wearing and the color of the shirt, but I don't care. I'm going to love you anyway. You love me. If I don't match, I don't match. What's, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Stupid stuff. People fall out over the dumbest junk. Maybe this is too heavy for some of you tonight. I don't know. <laughs> Woo! My, my, my. Verse 10. Again, and Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, all the plain of Jordan. Lot was moved by what he saw. He saw the opportunity. Man, it's a, it's a well-watered place everywhere. But this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest to Zoar, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. Listen to this statement. Lot made his choice purely based on what he could see with his eyes. We are not to be led by our eyes. We are to be led by the Spirit of the living God. That's what Romans 8.14 says. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. We are not to be opportunity led. Yeah. 
We are not to be promotion led. We are not to be reasoning led. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. And incidentally, the Spirit of God's on the inside of every one of us. And I believe that it is one of the greatest miracles of the new birth is the privilege and the benefit of being led by Him. Amen. Now, He cared only for the material abundance of the land and cared nothing for how it would impact Him and His family spiritually. Verse 12. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And uh-oh, he pitched. <laughs> That's a bad place to pitch your tent. He, he, he pitched his tent toward Sodom. It wasn't long before he was living in Sodom. Look, you get close to Sodom, you may end up living in Sodom. You get close to the wrong relationships, you may end up living like some of those folks do. Now notice, he pitched his tent toward Sodom, in verse 13 it says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord. And yet Lot, he, didn't still, he still didn't learn. He moved into the city. And when the city was judged, <laughs> Lot was judged. Yeah, Trouble came into his life because he broke away from Abram. He forgot who Abraham was to him. He really should have had a completely different response. You know, there's people that are leaving churches by the thousands when they shouldn't be leaving, they should be staying. We need to have the Ruth's response. Y'all know the story, Ruth? Yeah. Ruth's response is this. You treat me not to leave you. Where you go, I'm going. Where you lie, I'm lying. Where you lodge, that's where I'm going to lodge. Now here's the thought. Now we're going to lighten up in a minute, so don't get nervous. People leave their place, they leave their church, without realizing they are leaving their place of blessing, they're leaving their place of protection, and they're leaving their place of provision. God has a ordained, wealthy place for all of us. Once we find that place, we must Stay in that place lest we get out of our place and fall from grace. And fall from the blessing. Look at Proverbs 27 verse 8 now that you're shouting so much. This is running material. It may not cause you to run tonight, but if you'll hear this and do this, it'll cause you to run sooner or later. Proverbs 27, verse 8 says this. It says, As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wanders from his place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, I've, I've, Brenda and I have been around a while. I've been around longer than she has. I don't want to claim that she's as old as I am. But she's getting there. <laughs> and we've heard of pastors and ministers. Usually it's smaller churches where the pastor is under the influence of some spirit of stupidity. And he tells people, and prophes- supposedly prophesies over them. You know, some prophecy should be called prophelie. <laughs> instead of prophesy. And, and what they will do under manipulation is they will tell people, you know, if you leave this church, something really bad is going to happen to you. Now, what's wrong with that? It is based on the spirit of fear. And it is based on a spirit of manipulation and control, which really is witchcraft. Witchcraft. Manipulation. Without even really knowing it, people try to keep people in their churches because if they leave, they won't be able to buy their malts and be able to pay their PG&E bill in, in their little storefront church of three people. <laughs> I just got a well from Brenda. So that's not what we're saying here tonight. We're led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. You go, you're free to come and you're free to go. You're not answerable to me. I'm not looking to you, and you ain't looking to me. You might say that, but God might not. Yeah. I was just getting to that. (laughs) I was just getting to that. You can come, you can go as you please. So this is not, we're not operating in witchcraft around here. We're not prophesying to anyone that if you leave and God leads you out by his spirit, that something bad's going to happen to you. Amen? You've got to listen to God. My point is this, is that God's got the right place for you. He's got the right church for you. He's got the right ministry for you. He's got the right connection for you. Now, within that place, he's got the right place for you to be serving. We are in no means saved to sit. Right? We have been saved. We've been saved to serve. Now, let's look at this verse again, since you are shouting so good. Proverbs 27, 8 says, As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. I said all that to say this. Don't wander out of your place. Stay hooked where God's called you. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the 18th verse. says over there, uh, says, but now has God set the members, every one of them, where? 
in the body as it has what? As it has pleased him. So we see here that God sets the members as it pleases him. Now say this to me. I'm not going to leave my God-ordained place. That's where the blessing is. That's where the provision is. And that's where the strength is. Let me ask you a question. Does it pay... To be faithful. Does it pay to stay hooked. With his plan. It certainly does. Look at Proverbs 28 and verse 20. You can shout over this. Come out of your cocoon now. It's all right. Proverbs 28 and 20. Proverbs 28 20 says this. That a faithful man. Should do what? A faithful man shall abound. A faithful man shall abound with blessing. Some of the most blessed people I know are not people that stand behind the pulpit. Some of the most blessed people that I've come into contact with are people that are just faithful day in, day out. I mean, they're faithful to read the Word. They're faithful to pray. They're faithful to bring their tithes. Not their ties. Their tithes. Faithful. Amen. Faithful when it's convenient. Faithful when it's not convenient. Faithful on a snowy day. Faithful on a sunny day. These are the people... They're going to abound with blessings. And the faithful are the ones that God's going to use in these days. Amen. Why? Because he knows where to find them. He knows that if he instructs them to do something, they'll do it. Are you one of the faithful? Let me ask that again. Are you one of the faithful? The answer, by the way, is yes. I am faithful. Glory to God. Faithful. It takes faith to be faithful. <laughs> Did you know that? It takes a lot of faith to be faithful. Believe me, I know it. Because it's not every day that you feel like being faithful. Because faithfulness has nothing to do with feelings, just like faith has nothing to do with feelings. Faithfulness is what we do. Faithfulness is what we are. That's who we are. Say it with me. The faithful are going to abound with blessings. So the step that Abram took is he took a step of love. God blessed him for it. But now Lot and Abram are not done yet. You see in Genesis chapter 14, and let me just summarize it for you. Some kings got together. And they headed down toward where Lot was. And Lot got captured. But Abram, during that war, did not get touched. I mean, you know, there's a scripture that says, no evil is going to befall you. Neither is any plague going to come nigh your dwelling. That's for the faithful. We just can't live how we want to live. 
according to the flesh and expect his protection. The reason why this country hasn't gone to hell in a handbasket is because we pray. Come on, somebody. The righteous are in authority in this land. And when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Hallelujah. And so, Lot would have been destroyed. But oh, the mercy of God. I said, oh, the mercy of God. Uncle Abraham came on the scene. (laughs) Uncle Abraham came on the scene and he rescued Lot right out of the midst of that. Abraham stirred himself up. He went up against five armies and countries and destroyed them. He did what no one had been able to do. Abram, in this case, the step he took was a step away from fear and into faith. And he went into the enemy's camp and he took back what the enemy had stolen from him. And that takes faith. Everyone say restoration. Restoration. You know, it's a real good thing that Abram was rich. Because he financed the whole military operation. I mean, they just literally, they brought back everything. Look at verse 17 of Genesis chapter 14. Back to Genesis, the 14th chapter. And the king of Sodom went out to meet after him his return from the slaughter. Everyone say slaughter. The slaughter of Chedorlaomer and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is of the king's dale. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth what? For he was the priest of the Most High God. Woohoo! Glory to God. And he blessed him. And said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed, and blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he, Abram, gave Melchizedek tithes of all. (laughs) Abram, he just walked right past the king, and he honored the high priest. And he gave him tithes of all. You see, Abram wasn't instructed to give tithes. He just knew to do it. And the people that say, well, you know, tithing was under the law. This was 400 years before the law. Abraham's our father. And you know something? It takes faith to tithe. It It takes faith to tithe. When there's more month than money, it takes some faith to tithe. But Abram, he walked, beyond, he walked right by the king, and he had his eyes on Melchizedek, which is a type of Jesus Christ. And he gave him tithes of all. 
He went into the enemy's camp and he took back what the devil had stolen. But once he got the victory, he didn't forget to honor the high priest, which is Jesus in our time. Now notice, in verse 18 through 20 again, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. He was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed me, the Most High God, which has delivered thine enemies into thy hand. He gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. <laughs> and Abram said unto the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord. The Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. That's covenant terminology there. He says, I've got a covenant with a covenant keeping in God. And Mr. King, I flat just don't need you. Verse 23 says, that I will not take from you a thread even to a shoe latchet. And that I will not take anything that is yours Lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. That is a powerful statement right there. That's a man that is bathed in covenant. He knew who his source was. He just let everything go. You take what you want, Lot. I'm good. I got me a covenant with God. But when Lot got captured, Uncle Abraham didn't send him a text and say, Hey, Lot, told you so, you fool. (laughs) He didn't get him a place on the Dr. Phil show. So that Dr. Phil could ask him, How's that working for you, Lot? Ah. He did not allow what happened to hold him back from coming on the scene and being a blessing. Mercy. Oh, Jesus. Now go back to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis, the 12th chapter. We'll see something else here in closing, I think. In, in verse 4 of Genesis 12, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls of them that had gotten to Haran. And they went forth to the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem, under the plain of Merah, and the Canaan there was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram. And he began to speak some things to him. And notice in verse 10. It says, and there was a famine. Where? In the land. There was a famine in the land. Well, I, I thought God let him out. And, and that he was going to be a blessing and all these things. But how come the famine? Well, how many of you know that sometimes there are things like famine that show up? So in the midst of famine, God is still God. Now notice with me. 
And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near into the Egypt, that he said unto Sarah his wife, Behold now, I know thou art a fair woman to look upon. In other words, she was fine. <laughs> she, she's fine. You know, and she ain't young, but she's fine. Amen. I got a I got a fine wife. But I don't like other guys looking at her. You know, we were over at Pete's and Hayward the other day and some guy was checking her out. I was about ready to go cold cock him. Take your little nasty eyes off my honey, bro. We were getting ready to do a TV shoot, and she had a nice leather jacket on and shades, and ooh, that hair was looking good. I was checking her out all day long. I could hardly wait to get home. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> checking her out. These guys are checking Sarah out. Of course, you know, when you're as big and as buff as I am, all you got to do is take your jacket off and go. <laughs> you want some of this? <laughs> yeah, well, we can't go there right now. So, verse 11, it came to pass when he was come near the end into Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore, it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they'll kill me. But they'll save thee alive. So I pray thee, thou art my sister. Tell them that. That's what you say. That it may be well with me for thy sake. And my soul shall live because of thee. So we see Abram was not perfect. He was, he was afraid. Anybody ever been afraid before? Fear comes from the outside. Just don't let it inside. Fear comes to your mind. But don't let it in your mind. It's like Brother Hagin used to say, you know, you can't do anything about the birds of the air flying around your head, but you sure can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Some people, well, never mind. And it came to pass when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princess also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her that before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. Now don't you know that fear really struck Abraham's soul there? What do you do when fears try to grip you? 
You just hold on tight to God. You hold on tight to your covenant. And you say to yourself, you know what? Things are going to turn around for my good. It may look ugly, it may look bad, but things are going to be all right. Sometimes you just have to have that conversation with yourself. I mean, you may feel like three miles of muddy road, man, and look worse. But you've got to tell yourself, you know what? This is temporary. This that I'm facing, this that I'm going through, this that I'm feeling, these fears that are coming against my life, this is subject to change. This has an expiration date. Come on, somebody. And those that walk by faith and not by sight know this, that they don't need to look at the things which are seen. Because the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen? So you stay on the unchanging, eternal word of the living God, and sooner or later it will change the temporary around you. Say it with me real strong. This has an expiration date. This is coming to an end. This season is about over with. And I'm heading into a new season. I'm heading into a better season. Amen. I'm heading into a greater season. So fear's gripping Abraham, but he's holding steady. He's holding tight. And he's an awesome example for us to follow when things are going on like that. We just don't consider it. We don't meditate on it. We think the thoughts of God. Well, let's see how it turned out. She was taken into Pharaoh's house, entered in, entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. In verse 15, it says the princes of Pharaoh saw her and commended her. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abraham and said, what in the world are you doing? Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? You see the covenant going into action right there. God protected both of them. And in verse 19 and 20, why said thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore behold thy wife. Take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. And they sent him away. He and his wife and all that he had. (laughs) Even in the midst of a mistake God added to him. Just remember this. That God can turn your mistakes around. You hold steady. You trust God. Walk in the steps of your faithful father, Abraham. Let's stand up. That's good for tonight. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We bless your name tonight for the word of the Lord. We thank you, Father, that we are your people and we stand solidly on our covenant that we have with you. We stand and stay in the place of grace that you have provided for us. We refuse to step out of the place of provision that you have given us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Could I have some music, please? 
Praise God. We want to pray for people tonight, here in a moment, that perhaps you sort of, in your heart, know that you've gotten out of step, you've gotten out of place, and you want just us to agree with you, that you'll be able just to step right in to the place that God's got for you. You know, I believe firmly in my heart that God's speaking to hearts tonight. So if that's you tonight, I want you to invite you to come to the front. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Amen.